me. Welcome to another history class here under Everyday Heroes, the series that covers all things informational, educational, and fun. Today we're going to talk about how Canada came to be, so let's roll. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Heroes. We're going to have a class in session, and today we are going to have history class. Now, this came about not necessarily from anything other than watching The Curse of Oak Island on History Channel, and it got me thinking, how did Canada come to be what it is? Now, it got me thinking because one of the things that they found up there was pottery from the 1700s, and we know that U.S. as the as a, the United States as a country wasn't officially a country until 1776, and it turns out Canada actually wasn't until um, years after. I believe it was um, 1867 when it kind of got its first official status, whatever. But we'll go into that in a minute. So every country, every place around the world at some point was ruled by someone else. Even the U.S. was under British rule until we decided that we didn't have that anymore and we wanted to be our own thing. Pissed off a lot of people over there, but, you know, now we're the United States. We do our own thing, make our own mistakes, and I'm sure other people are probably glad they're not part of this. I'm just kidding. I love where I live. I do. I do. Um, so Canada is no different. Now, who better to write about this than the Canadian government? So if you guys want to follow along, also I would advise writing down some notes in your notebook as well. So Canadian history does not begin with the arrival of explorers over 500 years ago because people have been living in the country that we now call Canada for thousands of years. So centuries before the Europeans, explorers came here, found thriving First Nations and Inuit societies with their own beliefs, way of life, and rich history. First Nations are another name for uh, groups of Native Americans. And of course, the Inuit, I believe, are not, I believe, I know, are the um, indigenous peoples of the northern area. Many of them, I believe, occupy Alaska or live in Alaska now. Uh, but they were all over the place, obviously, before Europeans came. When the first Europeans came, they did what, you know, Columbus did to here, called them the Indians, thinking that they had reached the East Indies. Now, again, I understand how back in that day you didn't have the, you know, Google Maps uh, thing. But, you know, it seems like everybody had no idea where they were going. And it just still makes me laugh how everybody just assumed that they reached India when we're like on the other side of the world from them. But besides that, um, hey, I got to give you guys some humor in these classes too, right? So as we know, just like the Native Americans of America, excuse me, or the Natives of America, uh, Canada, same thing, lived off the land, hunted, gathered, raising crops, all of that. Now, some of the specifics here, the Huron-Wendat of the Great Lakes region, like the Iroquois, were farmers and hunters. The Cree and the Dean of the Northwest were hunter-gatherers. The Sioux were nomadic, following the buffalo herds. The Inuit lived off Arctic wildlife. West Coast natives preserved, by, preserved fish by drying and smoking. Warfare was common among Aboriginal groups as they commuted for land, resource, and prestige. Well, what do you know? The Sioux, the Huron, the Cree, a lot of those were also in our neck of the woods too, which 
is not that odd, considering North America contains Canada and actually Mexico in it. So that entire area is not surprising that uh, um, tribes um, roamed back and forth throughout different areas. It wasn't until we had the boundary lines, I guess, as to when you separated the area. But, um, excuse me, but, you know, it's not surprising that we had all these guys everywhere uh, for a long period of time. Obviously, with the arrival of, of Europeans, not only did it cause, you know, horrible things that, you know, obviously they were killed off by Europeans. Uh, they weren't, they were, were not immune to the diseases Europeans have. And of course, Europeans basically just destroyed a lot of the resources. So that also screwed up as well. Um, they did, however, form a bond for a while, economically, religiously, and militarily in the first 200 years, you know, until all that happened. But that is where the foundations of Canada happened. So today, Canada is made up of 10 provinces and three territories. However, when the British North America Act of 1867, now known as the Constitution Act from 67 to 1982, created the new dominion of Canada were only four, Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. So those are the original four. Of course, these are still there. These are some of the bigger cities that we now have. So it makes sense that they were the ones that started it off. The year 1870, three years after Confederation, brought multiple historic changes. Canada's purchase of Rupert Island from the Hudson Bay Company, which granted a charter to the area by the British government two centuries earlier. Rupert's land spanned all land drained by rivers flowing into Hudson Bay, roughly 40% of present-day Canada. The selling price was £300,000 of sterling. Now, I don't know what the uh, uh, crossover is for dollars or even for gold or silver, but it's probably equal to what it would be generally to buy land, a country, what have you. Another historic event, Britain's transfer of the Northwestern Territory to Canada. Previously, the Hudson Bay Company had exclusive license, which stretched west from British Columbia and north to the Arctic Circle. When it was discovered in the mid-1800s that the prairies had enormous farming potential, the British government refused to renew the company's license. With the Hudson's Bay Company, Britain was free to turn it over to Canada. Interesting. Okay. Combination of Rupert's Land and Northwestern Territory, followed by the creation of Manitoba, formed more of what we know today. Now, subsequent years brought more changes to the territorial boundaries. In 1871, British Columbia joined the Union with the promise of a railway to link to the rest of the country. In 73, Prince Edward Island, a very famous island up there, which had previously declined to join, became Canada's seventh province. Excuse me. And then Yukon, which had been a district of the Northwest Territories, became a separate territory in 1898, uh, four years after it was in the Northwest Territories. Meanwhile, Canada was opening up its west just as its neighbor to the south had done before. Migrants from Eastern Canada and immigrants from Europe and the United States began to fill the prairies, which were still part of the Northwest Territories. Then in 1905, the provinces of Saskatchewan and Alberta were created, completing the map of what is now Western Canada. But wait, there's one more. Newfoundland and Nunavut. After the great debate and two referenda, those two joined the Federation in 1940. I'm sorry. Um, in 1949 was Newfoundland creating the 10th. And not till 1999 did you get Nunavut um, as the um, last one covering 1.9 million square kilometers of Canada's Eastern Arctic. So they are the northern part. They're more towards 
I guess you can say toward Alaska, but really the top northern uh, northern part of there. So Canada had a pretty prolific change throughout. Again, keep in mind, North America is United States, Canada, and Mexico, obviously separating Mexico at the bottom, USA in the middle, Canada at the top, but it was all one. And for the purpose of Native and Aboriginal peoples, it was one giant country, which it, it is, or continent, yeah, continent, yeah. Um, that being said, though, just like we succeed, actually, kind of like how we seceded, but not really, because Britain still, I guess, has some control over it. I guess today it's a little bit different. Canada now has no control. But we separated from Britain. For the longest time, Britain didn't really want to get rid of Canada. I believe today at this point, and this is kind of a side note, so this is not something to write down. I believe that at this point, Canada is its own thing, its own um, government. Britain has no say. However, they probably have some stakes in little areas that may help with um, economics, with uh, trading, stuff like that. However, Canada really is its own place. I mean, it's got its own president. It's got its own laws and rules. It's got its own everything. It's a really, really interesting historical place. And to be honest, not a lot of people take the time to know about that. I mean, I when I was in high school doing this and I was being taught by a teacher, I don't remember really getting into this much detail because we were more concerned about U.S. history than Canadian history. We obviously learned about regular general Canadian history, but this is kind of cool. So I hope you guys got some good notes down. If you need to, go check out the link. It's got all the information we talked about today. What was your most interesting part? What do you want us to talk about more? We are more than happy to go into more of this. Until later today, guys, thank you for watching. Stay curious. We have a lot more fun, and we'll see you then.